Hi, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Kay. Hello, and my name is Teresa. Today we're continuing to read from Dr. David Jeremiah's Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. And today we are going to read about God's Word announces that a Savior is on board. (laughs) I laugh at that because he was sleeping. (laughs) God's Word announces that the Savior is on board. The disciples were too inexperienced with Jesus to have a faith devoid of fear. Perhaps you're the same way. You identify with Christ, but you draw no assurance as the clouds roll in. When the sky darkens, you might wonder whether you should step into the boat with Jesus or stay ashore in hopes of avoiding the storm. The problem with that choice is that it's a false one. You can run, but you cannot hide. The storms will find you. You don't get to decide whether the rain is coming. You only get to decide whether to carry an umbrella. But he's sleeping, you say. He doesn't care. Don't let his seeming silence lead you to conclude that he isn't with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you from Hebrews 13, 5. As he told his disciples, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, from Matthew 28, 20. And no matter what Satan puts in your thoughts in your head saying, ha, he left you, he's not working on your behalf, that's a lie. That right there tells you. He will be with you to the end of the age. Those are promises and he has yet to break a promise. That he will be with you is the most certain fact of your life. What's uncertain is your grasp of the fact, your ability to trust and to build your house upon that truth. It's the only storm-proof foundation in existence. Adrian Judson was America's first foreign missionary. He devoted his life to God's service, and yet he lost his wife, and then three months later, their infant daughter, Maria. Judson was overcome with grief. He'd been away doing his father's business during his wife's illness and found it nearly impossible to forgive himself. He wrote, God is to me the great unknown. I believe in him, but I find him not. In spite of this anguished expression of aloneness, Judson didn't lose his faith. Sometimes the rains pound hard enough to drown out all the other voices, and we struggle to hear Christ calming the storm. But that doesn't mean he isn't calming it. The storms pass. We can hear the voice of God once again. This time, though, a new wisdom tempered by our struggles. And we realized that he was there all the time. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with its swelling. Psalm 46, 1-3. through God's word affirms that faith drives out fear. Amen. Charles Spurgeon used two biblical examples to show how one's faith can grow to be stronger and more complete. The first is David who says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you from Psalms 56.3. The second example is Isaiah who says, I will trust and not be afraid from Isaiah 12.2. 
Yes, read Psalm 56.3 and, and Isaiah 12.2 when you need comfort. And just keep repeating that and the Holy Spirit will join you. Charles Spurgeon compares the faith of these two men to medicines. With Isaiah as being the stronger brand, <laughs> he tells about a man who got the chills but gave thanks for the prescription that helped him through them. A neighbor said, Thankful for that, I have something that would keep you from getting the chills in the first place. If you have a faith that helps you deal with fear, said Spurgeon, good for you. But why not go after a higher grade faith that is fear resistant? When the disciples stepped into the boat with Jesus, they did not even have the first kind of faith. They didn't put their hope in Jesus, so their fear escalated to sheer terror. When Jesus awoke and calmed the storm, the dawning realization of who he really was ratcheted their faith to a new level. Later, we learned that they became utterly fearless, proclaiming the truth of the kingdom in the face of all kinds of storms. He had possessed mature, had they possessed mature faith that day in the boat, they could have curled up and napped with Jesus with no regard for the storm being about them. No matter what your trouble is, you can call on God in the midst of it and he will calm the storm. But deep is the joy of the one who calls on God before the storm for he will find that his faith drives out all fear. I want to share something quickly, uh, which Kay was a part of this. She's been on a journey with all my medical procedures taking me even to the dentist. The dentist petrifies me because for some reason I don't numb well. And I tell them that and even when they do extra, I can feel the drills. So I just get very worked up. And so they put me on a pain pill, knocked me out. The very first time I have never, ever blacked out where I don't remember the whole thing. So Kay's laughing at me. So then I had to have bilateral surgery on my wrist. And on when I had my and I was very nervous. So Kay is there because this is my storm because I'm hard to get IVs in. And I like wig out and my blood pressure gets high and everything because of it. She sits there and prays for me through my storm. And I I wouldn't even be able to make it through. Well, lo and behold, I woke up during the surgical procedure. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be joking me. And I was under max, so I wasn't intubated, but I went, I said, ow, I feel that. Am I supposed to feel that? Nobody answered me, and I think they thought I was talking in my sleep. I don't know. And then I heard the doctor say, wow, look at that. And I'm like, what do you see? <laughs> and then they knew I was awake and anesthesia hit me again. Uh, so I was, you know, kind of knocked out again after that. But the second one was bad because of IV. I, I, I told Kay, I said, pull your chair over here and hold my hand. But she walked over and had to, it was like I was having a baby. Kay was standing there telling me to breathe and to do this. Because it took him a while to, to, to yeah, get that in. And yeah. it just yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. He, he was very calm, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
He was very calm in this storm that was going on, and he was very, he was full of grace. He, he definitely. He yeah. gave me grace because oh, he did. Um, yes, he did. that normally doesn't happen. Normally the nurse who checks you in does your IV. So I thought he was a student, which scared the crap out of me because I don't let students work on me just for the reason because I know what happens. Okay, what did I don't even know what he said when I asked him that. I just got so nervous. I'm like, oh, when I seen somebody else walk in to do the IV, I was almost ready to vomit. I truly was. And and he didn't say a whole lot when when you ask him if 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 he was knew if this was his first time. He he just said no. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but I wasn't convinced. No, she was not. She she was not convinced. So, bless this nurse, okay, because he was being as gentle as he possibly could, okay, and I know it was hurting my friend, I know it was, I think it was hurting her heart and her mind, maybe more than the physical hurt, but he um, he did finally land and didn't have to poke her again. But he kept moving it. He yeah. had to keep moving yeah. it in the yes. vein to get it right. That's what's painful. Right. And But you can't see my friend's veins. You know? It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, the mine are like poking out all over the place. And he even had a tourniquet on her and he's tapping her and he's tapping her. I'm sure he was praying under his breath, going like, please, Lord. Yes. Please may I see a vein pop up here. Nah, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, I had to apologize afterwards because I get so wound up. And you know the funny thing about it? After the surgery was all over and I come home, I'm normally bruised. You know, you're normally bruised from the uh, IVs. There was not one mark on that hand. Not a spot where he put that IV in. It blew my mind. And I did. I mean, because I kept saying, how many have you done? I just was so nervous. But then I looked and I thought, for some reason, the nurse isn't doing it. So I don't think she maybe has not done a lot of them. Cause oh, she, you don't know that either? Yeah. Cause, no. Yeah, it, they weren't saying anything. They weren't saying anything. No. We were left in the dark. And no. I just kept at, asking questions. And I was holding my breath. It was awful. It was awful. But God got me through that. And I didn't wake up in the operating room yeah. <laughs> uh, during yeah. that. I told Kay, yeah. um, if I would have been intubated... When I woke up, I wouldn't have been able to talk. And right. I've always heard that some people wake up, but they're froze. They can't talk and they can't say anything, but they can hear everything, everything around them. Yeah. But no, I was yeah. able to talk and yeah. they knocked yeah. me out as yeah. soon as they figured that yeah. I wasn't talking in my right. sleep. I've got one more thing to this whole incident here is um, after he was successful with getting the IVN, he did ask Teresa several times, are you okay? Are you okay? He didn't talk to her until after he had finished what he was needing to do there. and But he was genuine about her well-being and how anxious she felt and assured her that it wasn't his first one. It was like his thousands. <laughs> 
he didn't act like it. It just all seemed all so new, and I'm like, what is going on here? This Spiritual isn't, warfare. I know this isn't regular protocol. Somebody different doesn't come in and put the IV in unless the nurse can't get it. So, And that's true. So this is what was being put into my brain is something completely different than what it seemed like. I believe that he was a student, and so that got my... Ah, that just got me up and got me going, but I was just very thankful that he was so sweet he and was so, so sweet. nice. And, and the nurse was just being very... She was loading everything in the computer, so she was over there loading stuff in the computer while he was doing the IV, and I don't think Teresa even realized that that's what she was... She wasn't just standing there watching. She was no, not. No, no, I know, because right. she said, well, I'm going to take your mind off of it, and I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'm thinking, no, you are not taking my mind off of it. I don't care what you ask me, because I can answer you like that, and then I'm back down to here, but he handled it perfectly. He didn't say one word. He let me talk, ask questions. Act up. Act up. Didn't even say anything. And he was so sweet. And he would even stop when I would go. Because once I said, Kay, I cannot do this. I'm done. I cannot do this. And I was going to leave. I just couldn't do it. And so they both, he stopped for a minute. And Kay's, like I said, I like I'm having a baby. She's standing there holding my hand. I think I almost broke her hand. My hands are really big. Kay's very small. And uh, I really squeezed it off. But, yeah, so, that was the storm hmm. that... Um, Hope in the midst of the storm. storm huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, I think we're going to end it there. So, if... Today were your last day. Where would you spend eternity? It's your choice. 